0: Hello residents of Meeple Town, this is Dean. This is Darren. And today, it's all board game conventions all the time. We're going to be talking about Gen Con, we're going to be talking about ChuckCon. we're going to be talking about Tennessee Game Days, and whatever else floats our boat as it relates to board game conventions. So thanks for joining us as we seek to create community through board gaming. This is episode 138.
1: Let's kick this pig! residents of Meeple Town we just want to say that you are the best it has been so wonderful hanging out with you at these different cons again this is going to be a con episode and it's just as we reflect back on all of our experiences just want to start off by saying you are the great you are the greatest maple town has been has been growing by leaps and bounds residents are, are, are moving in and uh, we're expanding the city limits and we we're selling t-shirts we're we're, we're meeting new faces and if you are so inclined, if you appreciate what we do, if you are benefiting from this, if you're blessed from this podcast and YouTube channel and other things we've got going on, we encourage you. Go up there to, your, where, where, to wherever you get your, your podcast from or, and leave a little review. Leave one of those little five-star reviews. Say something nice. Say something kind. Or not, but we would just love to hear from you and what it is you have to say. And there's also many other ways you can support Meepletown. Dean?
0: Yeah, that is absolutely correct, Darren. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to kick the episode off because we're, honestly, we don't really enough talk about the ways that you can support us and and all that good stuff. And and you do support us, but if you don't, then get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. If you don't and you are like, how can I how can I help these guys out? They're fantastic. Love the show. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you how you can do that. You can go to MeapletownGames.com. And you can buy some merch there. That is one option. And lots of people have been buying some, buying up T-shirts lately, which is really nice. I appreciate those of you who have been buying up some of the merch from there. And you can also go to um, our Patreon and support us through Patreon. And that's patreon.com slash MeepleTown. And we've got some great supporters over there that support us monthly. That's how you can support us monthly. If you want to, just a one-time boost and support the show, then you can go over to buymeacoffee.com slash meapletown nine. And uh, recently we've had we've had some some coffees bought recently and uh, Larissa John's wife bought a coffee recently Ooh. just because uh, she knows that it's been rough without Johnny Mapletown around and she wanted to <laughs> cheer us up by buying a coffee. So thanks for that, Larissa. And for all of, all of you that do support us. And the reason I'm bringing this up right now is because the bills are due. And so, uh, we, we, we definitely, you know, we don't make any money. We've never made any money on Meeple Town. We have used some of the money to go to PAX U one year, and then also to buy a few games over the years, not a ton. A lot of those that we get extra review copies, but, we do have to pay for our website hosting. We have to pay for Podbean hosting and all that. That's for the podcast and so and other equipment and things like that. So if you feel so inclined to help us so that we're not in the negative and our spouses will allow us to continue to <laughs> to put on Meepletown, then we would love for you to support us in any way that you can.
1: You had to make it weird, didn't you? <laughs> Is that weird? You
0: start off the episode with, let's kick this pig. I think that's
1: the weird thing. And again, by the way, any of you pig lovers that we may have offended, we are incredibly apologetic. We do not support or condone animal cruelty in any shape, form, or fashion. Speak for yourself. I just kicked it.
0: No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> just kidding.
0: All right. <laughs> Darren, why don't you start us off? We're jumping right into this because we got a lot to cover, and so Darren, Darren's got us on a tight ship around here. And he's like, let's uh, we're we're sticking to the schedule. If you veer from it, then you're off the show. So we gotta That's we right. gotta stick to it.
1: We're kicking you off the ship uh, right now. We are looking at our poll for this year. It's been a while since we've had a true poll here on the show, and we put out a poll on Twitter and on and in the guild on BGG Board Game Geek. And we did not put one on Discord because I forgot. I apologize. Still sorting out how to, how to put all these things. We're trying to post all this at Gen Con, and Gen Con got crazy. Uh, but we do have a poll there on the Twitters. I hate saying that. I hate when people say that. Hey, you don't have you to do that again. because it is not I Twitter know. anymore. I know. It's the X's. Is the it X? <laughs> post it on posted it in... I don't know if I can do it. I think it's always going to be Twitter until it has a real name.
0: Is the name X? Is that the actual name? I
1: think it is, but they still call them tweets.
0: I don't know. Whatever.
1: We put it on that form of social media and in the guild. And we were asking, which board gaming convention... Con- con- conviction? Which board gaming convention would you rather attend? And so we had some options here. Gen Con, Essen, PaxU or a local con or some other kind of con. And the only reason why there was only four options is because that's all Twitter slash X would allow us to put is only four options. Um, So looking at those results, and we're going to have to put a pause right here because I've not done any of the math. So we're going to have to edit this part out. (laughs) I always like to break it down between, I I tend to
0: think that our uh, more more refined listeners are on the guild. Uh, than than on X, that's where the rowdy bunch is on. Wow, so.
1: that's a slap in the face, man. <laughs> uh, okay, we can do that. We we can break it down by by each one. So over on over on X, uh, on the poll, uh, Dean, have you looked at this yet? No, I I again stay away from the polls okay. because
0: I like to be able to be surprised and and maybe even guess. I I like to. Uh,
1: well, here I'll give you a chance to guess. What do you think uh, the resonance on X? had to say about which convention they would rather attend. Gencon, Essen, Pax U, or a local or other con. Again, that other could be origins. The only reason why I didn't put origins in the list is because I feel like it's too similar to something like a Gen Con or an Essen. It's kind of one of the bigger ones. It's one of the OG cons. PAXU's a little smaller. It's newer, has a different vibe. But maybe that'll come out in the conversation. So which one do you think? Gen Con, Essen, Pax U, local slash other? I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess Essen.
0: Um yeah, uh, only because th- we do have a decent amount of of Eurogamery listeners that are on the show, and I think that that's going to win them over.
1: Gotcha. Okay, you would be correct, sir. You are Ooh. correct, sir. Um, what what percentage do you think SM mm. took? What piece of the pie? Let's go. Um,
0: I'm I'm actually doing some quick math in my mind. Uh, this no, could take a that. while. I'll explain that in a minute. I'm going to say. Thirty thirty seven
1: percent. Wow, you're so close. 34 percent.
0: I am actually. If I'm good at anything, <laughs> it's this. And then I'm also very bad at it sometimes. But when I'm
1: when I'm on, I'm very very on.
0: I think. <laughs>
1: <it>. <laughs> sometimes I'm good and sometimes I'm not. Wow, very <laughs> profound. Thank you, Dean Dunning. Uh, so yeah, so uh, Gen Con. Okay, so 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 what do you think was second? We won't spend too much time with this, but what, I'll, what I'll say Gen
0: Con, since it was the since it was um, most recent.
1: You would be wrong, sir. Oh, well, I'm not on today. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least on X, Pax. You took it with 25% Gen Con coming in at a close third at 21, but just above the local cons, which are 20%. Oh, okay, all right. Or other so, and we have a few comments here. From uh, from a few residents, good old Keith Ferguson, friend of the show and designer of a game we'll be talking about later, mm-hmm. um, said it. Said so. This was a hard choice. His first Gen Con was this year's Gen Con, but um, says it's really hard to ignore that Pax U is an easy drive for him. He lives up in that area, so very convenient. Yeah, he's he's DC area, so that's that's just yeah, yeah. a couple hours away, and a few others. Um, Chubby Meeple said, <laughs> "Origins Forever and I play Red was BGG Con all the way." So some of those other big major cons getting some love. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I hear really good things about BGG Con. It's that would be a fun one to go to if you want to play a lot of games. Is what I hear. And we'll, we'll we'll go through some of that later. Some of the vibes from the different ones. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: But all right. So looking at uh, at the guild on BGG, this is the one you said had the more rowdy. The more no, rowdy no, no, residents,
0: the guild, guild is—it's uh, refined.
1: Uh, the refined residents and the rowdy residents are on X. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these okay. are
0: the ones hanging out at the Maple Town Museum. They're mm. uh, drinking fine wine, <laughs> Twitter. You know, they're they're uh, they're hanging out at, at football games and uh, football—not American football, but soccer um, games—and they're you know shouting and and.
1: Ole 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 yeah, ole. that's
0: the that's the X crowd.
1: That's the X crowd. Okay, so the refined guild crowd. Where do you think they came in on this? I on think this they're poll? also
0: Essen. That's what I think.
1: You would be correct, sir. Um, Followed by Gen Con. <laughs> well, so that is a, a negatory, good buddy. Okay, uh, you I should have be just wrong gone with the, the other one. Yep, yep, yep. You should equip when you're when you're ahead. Right now, you're fifty percent. Sometimes okay. you're on, sometimes you're not. How self prophetic. <laughs> So what what percentage of the vote do you think Essen took over on the guild?
0: I'll say since it typically is a more refined
1: group, 40%. <laughs> wow, 40.9. Boom. Killing it. I think you're cheating. Nailed it. I can't yeah. see your screen. I think you're cheating. No, um, no, no, no. I did not cheat. <laughs> so not Gen Con. What do you think came in second? It was an overwhelming second,
0: by the way. Um, oh, wait. So it's not. Uh, oh, pa- uh, I guess Pac you maybe.
1: No, man. this okay. is this is the local other crowd. This uh, 30- thirty, they don't like the Rebel Rousers. Thirty six percent. Yeah, yeah, thirty six percent came in for the local and other. Let's see what some of the comments had to say. Um, some talk about going to Germany for Essen, but of course. Uh, oh,
0: that's, that's my biggest pull, push, pull.
1: That's my biggest pull to want to go yeah. to Essence beal. That's great stuff. Yeah. Some of the comments are basically talking about, you know, seeing the thousands of people, uh, like Sarah Riber uh, says seeing a video of thousands of people entering Gen Con this week made me go for a small local convention as the best option. I, uh, I feel that Sarah, it was, it was intense. We'll be talking about that here in just, just a bit, a few Dice Tower cons get mentioned here. Um, yeah, excellent stuff. Excellent stuff, residents. We thank you for, for sharing your thoughts on the cons and we're going to give you a dual perspective here. We're going to be talking about a little con that Dean's going to be talking about. And I'll be talking about a big con Gen Con that is. And, um, it's going to be exciting. So Dean, what do you say? Um, we get right into. Well, I tell you what. Before we do that, where would you fall on this on this poll? Which would you prefer? I know you said S and Is that really what your your final answer? Is that what you're going with?
0: I, I think what we're
1: yes, it is that that is my final answer. Um,
0: now followed by, it's difficult. I I really love Paxu, and I doubt Gen Con is going to be better than Paxu in my mind. That that I have I not I've not been to Gen Con, so I don't know that for sure. But the area of I, I like Philly better than Indy, just in my experiences traveling. And, that hurts, uh, man. That yeah, hurts. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So there's that. I, I enjoy that. Um the food. I mm-hmm. I like the I like the idea of Gen Con and all the cool stuff that comes out. Um, although this year didn't I dunno. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't know if I was as jazzed this year as I have been some years in past in the past, but
1: yeah. Not what about the you? cons fault, not the cons fault. Um, yeah. So having, having only done really big cons, I've only been to PAXU. I've only been to, to Gen Con two years. Like that's, that's my experience. Again, two very different sized cons, but both I've considered big cons. Never having gone to a local con. Well, I guess actually Gen Con is my local con. So, <laughs> you know, um, I guess that really, counts. <laughs> I would, I, I I think I prefer the big spectacle of the large cons. You know, we've talked about this some in the past, like a Gen Con or I would love to go there. I want to go back to Shoe. I think a local con would be great because you just get to sit around and play. There's not a whole lot of playing, um, at least in my Gen Con experiences. I know you can find time and space to play, uh, but that's not been necessarily my experience thus far. But local con would be great. But I'm still, if I had to choose, I'm going big crowds. I'm going. Uh, I'm going big money. I'm going big con. So I get that.
0: I I I can I can be both. I think at this very moment, um there's some big cons that I want to go to and I'd like to spend some time doing that. But I've really enjoyed I've gone to many small cons and I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed those. But again, it's it's not the spectacle. It is just playing games, which is what I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But I kind of like the idea of going and being with a ton of people and there's usually a lot more things to do than just mm-hmm. you know right then ju- just the gameplay. playing there you can do that if you want even even if you don't care about the new releases i think there's still a lot of options of things that you could do um you know playing the new hotness and and all that sort of thing so i i think at this very moment there's some big cons that i really want to try to go to and that that is not better than small cons just different because i still want to do the small cons Which, by the way, I'll mention this so that I don't forget it because I don't think we have it in the show notes, but I did mention Tennessee Game Days. The Tennessee Game Days meets twice a year. Now there's a fall and a spring one. The fall one is coming up in about a month. It's already sold out, people. Sorry, if you want to come Hmm. to Nashville and go to that convention, I apologize, but you cannot. You cannot. You can sit outside and watch people play games through the window. (laughs) That's that's what you'll have to do. But I'm excited about that. I doubt I'll be able to, uh, as always... It feels like I'm always, always got something going on. Uh, I'll try to go to as much as I can, but I know that I won't be able to go the whole weekend. Um, that's the negative about a, about it being a local con is other things come up and it's, you know, I'm not taking a whole weekend off for that. So, well, so we'll see. We'll see.
1: Just breaking hearts and crushing dreams right and left. Aren't you? Dean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, or I think making mo- people happy. <laughs> well, there's that too. Uh, Moral of the story is, make the big time where you are. Um, Very wise words from someone much wiser than me. I don't know who that was. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah. Let's get into our feature of Con Recap. Okay, we are going to recap
0: some cons. We're going to start off with Little Con, is how Darren has it in here. And I'm going to be talking about Chuck Con, which took place as Chuck Con number two which took place in Auburn, Alabama. I'm going to read this real fast. This is uh, the history of Chuck as, uh or, or like a, a, I guess an, an overview of Chuck Khan as uh, Verla puts it. She says, Once upon a time, there was a Facebook group run by a kind soul named Chuck Yeager. His group sparked many friendships online over the years, and they were made even stronger during the pandemic. Eventually, the friends decided that they needed to meet in person. And a friend called, a friend con, they called Chuck Con was born. And that's what we did this last weekend. now Chuck passed away a year or two ago at this, I guess about a year ago at this point. And this was a group that I, you've heard me talk about a lot over the years. This was the gateway group that was then renamed Chuck Con after, uh, after, or renamed the Chuck group. I don't remember what it's called now, honestly, the group itself. Uh, But the con was renamed to Chuck con uh, to honor Chuck, because in reality, for me, I joined this group during the pandemic and they became a really close group of friends. And we just happened to all like board games as well. And uh, I was invited on on by it's either Steve O'Rourke or BJ from board game gumbo, one of those two. And so there were Uh, what did did Verla say, 12 of us that were down there? I could only be down there for a day and a half, and this was a four-day ordeal. Uh, People from all over the U.S., some from the northeast, some from the northwest, some from the south, some from the southeast and southwest, and all the way from Louisiana, if you believe that. And so we just got together and played games, and because I wasn't going to be there for very long, I wanted to, one, spend time with people and hang out, and, and we did some of that, but also I wanted to play as many games as I possibly could. So what I'm going to do is just kind of go through some of those games that I played and just a, a general overall feel of, of this type of con. When I say little con, I mean, from a 12-person convention, some people might not call it a con, to <laughs> Gen Con that Darren's going to talk about is quite the leap, but
1: uh, maybe I'll...
0: A little, I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> hopefully sell you on this sort of con if it's something that you're interested in so we get together we uh do shopping together so all the food shopping ran over to walmart had some fun trip there and uh i, I think bj bought the auburnopoly if i remember he was he has a huge monopoly collection he doesn't really but jay bell does and so jay bell bought uh, auburnopoly and we played that all weekend. Really, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. No, I played. Uh, we did that. We went out to eat and uh, just had a lot of fun talking. And when we first got there, J-Bell had Shake That City, which is a um, not lightweight. I'm, I want to say lightweight. 1.85 is the weight of this game, but a very thinky game where you are shaking up a box of cubes, dumping them out, and whatever pattern comes out, you're going to have to put uh, pick a color that you're going to put on your board similar to something like a... Uh, it, it had feels of, uh, what's what's the game that I'm thinking of now? It's the Quadropolis from Days mm. of Wonder. It had a feel to that where you have to put your city buildings in a particular order, and you're going to score points based on the order that they're in your city. I, by the way, was terrible at this game. I was very, very (laughs) bad at this game. Pretty sure I came in last. I I should have if I didn't, Uh, because I I only had one. There's like nine or ten in game scoring things that you can get. I got one of them, if I remember right, and most everybody else got more than half. (laughs) So it was, it was pretty bad. But I'm real glad that Jay taught us this game because I thought it was a lot of fun. I. I wasn't sure I'd seen this game a little bit before, but it wasn't one that was like super on my radar, but it, it really was fun. If you like these style games, which I do, I like quadropolis had maybe a, even a, like a tiny towns feel to it with the mm. spatial relations of putting the cubes on. Um, so it was cool. I, I enjoyed this one. And then, so that was the first game. I got there, played this game. And then we went out and did all of our shopping and eating and all that good stuff. And then that night, and this was, this was a lot of fun. I'm real glad that we did this. We played some party games, um, and we played some fun, fun party games. We played Green Team Wins, which I've talked about on the show uh, months ago, I guess. Green Team Wins, you're trying to be the one that's on the Green Team. You start off on the Orange Team, and as you uh, are—basically, you have a whiteboard. You're writing down answers based on the question that pops up for everybody, and you want to have the most popular answer. And If you do, you end up on the Green Team, and that's how you're going to score more points. And if you don't answer the popular answer, then you're going to end up on the orange team, and everyone calls you a loser. And
1: <laughs> and uh, it's it's a Building lot of fun. Community through board gaming. <laughs>
0: this is one of the best. This is one of the best party games out there, as far as I'm concerned. It's up there with. I think it's up there with Just One with So Clover. I think it's fantastic. Wow. And um, BJ had the. Uh, I guess there's a promo pack that uses board game cards in it, so it asks board game questions so one of the questions might be would you do you prefer meeples or do you prefer miniatures and again you're trying to put the popular answer not necessarily your favorite answer and knowing that that bunch Topher and i are minis people but we can't put minis because we know everybody else there is more of the meeple people so you put meeple on there you win get a point fun times we only went from there that night we played poetry for neanderthals have you played this one darren i have not i've seen it but i have not had the chance to play it yeah this one's all over the place it's it's at target it is at barnes and noble i saw the other day and oh boy this was a lot of fun this was a cool game i'm real glad we got to play this and i I eventually probably will pick this up for my family and and friends but basically (laughs) you have this box uh of cards and you're trying to describe a word and the your team is trying to guess it. Think you know, think taboo or any of those type of games. There's tons of games like that, but you can only speak in mono, monosyllabic words. Is that the right term? Monosyllabic. Sure, one syllable. You can only use one mm-hmm. syllable. If you use two, the box also comes with this blow up, um, uh, club, like a Neanderthal caveman club. And if you're, if I'm on the other team and you are describing a word and use double syllables, then I get to bop you in the head and you you lose a point. It is so fun. It, it's so cool because the way BJ described it, he said, "Okay, I know this sounds weird, but you will play better if you try to talk like a Neanderthal." And he was absolutely right. If you're just like saying words, one, it's not as much fun to do that, but two you, you actually will do worse. And so you're trying to form these sentences of like, if it's cave, my home, I live like you're speaking like Mm. that, um, to describe the words. And then you're going to get more and more points. If once you, once they guess that word, there's a more difficult version of that word, like a, you know, like the house might be the first word and, and, uh, house boat might be the second word or something like that so you're trying to get them to guess that for more points if you want to you don't have to go for the big money but i really recommend this one for <laughs> fun party games my wife was telling me that her her students have this game and they play it whenever they have you know free days to play board games in class or whatever uh, she has students that play this and she's been watching them but hasn't played it so now we're gonna have to we're gonna pick this one up it's it's fun times hmm
1: yeah, I like one of the examples it gives there on, on the BGG page. It mentions uh, trying to describe the word broccoli. And my first thought was, I would say, vile weed. If, uh, yeah. if you're a Seinfeld <laughs> fan, you might get that that reference. This, this looks but you can't do that. You get bopped right in the head. <laughs> this looks like uh, something that would be um, offensive to Neanderthals everywhere. As you as you poke fun of the way they, of the way they speak, I'm um, I'm ashamed of you, Dean. This was, uh, yeah, they would just like the
0: uh, Geico commercials, right? Those guys would be <laughs> that's very, right, that's very right. offended. Exactly. But it, this is an exploding kittens line game, and I, I'm hearing some good things about some of their other games that they have coming out, which is uh, which is pretty cool. But I I really do recommend this one, especially because you can get it everywhere, and my guess is it's probably not too expensive either. Now, we went on that night. We played a game that I'm going to talk about in just a second, but we played two games that night and then the next morning. We played two auction games Mm. by the good doctor, Reiner Knizia. Mm. One being Raw. Um, I got to teach this because there were a few people that had not played this, but Steve had played this one before. I I think multiple times. And I had played it, and I don't remember if anyone else had played Raw before. I can't remember. But we we played Modern Art the night mm. before, which I had not played, but I just got the new Dice Tree version in that I was real excited to try. Yes. And I was real excited to try this with Steve so that we could compare the two. And so Modern Art is, John has talked about this on the show before, the Come On version of this one. And in this one, you basically are playing a card, if it's your turn, to determine what kind of auction you're going to have. It can be a open auction where it's just like everyone shouting out numbers. It can be a closed hand auction where everyone puts money in their hand, flips it over and whoever put the most money in there wins it. I can set a price if I, if I played that card and I can say this one, I'm going to sell this one for $50 and it goes around the table until somebody buys it or not. And then I'm forced to buy it. Uh, there's other auctions. There's, I think, five different types of auctions if I remember right. And then whoever has the most money at the end of the game is going to win as opposed to raw, which is, um, you can invoke raw. We talked about this on the show, not that long ago, but it's one type of auction. If you invoke that type of, uh, if you invoke raw and have that, that auction happen, basically you're going to keep flipping tiles over until it gets where you can't stand it anymore. And then you're going to bid on those tiles. And then it's set collection of, um, you know, those whatever types of tiles that you're getting you have played raw for sure because we reviewed it. We. Oui. You have played modern art. We. Oui. Which is better? <laughs> I, I don't want to necessarily do this. You've also played classic art, and uh, yes. we have Amon Ray uh, coming coming mm-hmm. our way as well. Yep, yep. So, but just between modern art and raw.
1: Okay, three, the... two, one, go. <laughs> modern art, hands down. Hands down, modern <laughs> art. Uh, well, okay. Let me let me let me re- rephrase that. Modern Art Dice Tree version hands down. Mm. It is so pretty. It's Man, such a pretty it's, game. It's so good and I'm again, our top 50 is coming up here soon, Meeple town. By the way, <laughs> tune in next week for a potential uh first uh, edition of our top 50 for this year. You may or may not see Modern Art on that list somewhere. So potentially mild mild spoiler here, but yeah. Modern art especially the Dice Tree version is so pretty it's so clever the the components are amazing um I love raw think I'll love me some modern art a little more
0: yeah i w- we will talk about this a lot more uh especially when I get a chance to play classic and uh, classic art and Amon Ray. Steve said raw, but it wasn't as as mar uh large of a, a margin as he thought it might be hmm. I am really close on both of these i might give the nod to raw raw but i don't know i I, here's the thing i think raw is better to maybe introduce to people potentially maybe although i don't think modern art is difficult i just think modern art takes a different type of group i think it's more of a party type of game it's not a party game but it it, it's going to appeal to that crowd more than a raw that feels a little bit more euroy
1: yeah, I would say modern art because the all you're doing is teaching the type of auctions. There's a lot of icons and stuff to keep up with at Raw that first time. Not that it's that difficult, but I feel like modern art yeah. is an easier teach yes. for the first time um, than, than Raw is. And then when you add, again, the Dice Tree version, a big wooden gavel that you can slam down and an easel to put the cards up on and all the shiny gold coins with the, the good doctor's face on them. There's such a draw there that adds to the enjoyment that uh that's hard to beat. Again, raw is amazing. You're still pulling out tiles out of the bag, but yeah, different different vibe, different feel, different crowd, maybe. Yeah, and I
0: I I don't disagree with your reasoning for modern art uh, modern art being a easier teach. I think raw. If you have people that have played sushi go, some of the terminology really translates well with that set collection, I think. And so, and, and the fact that you're only teaching one type of auction, that's why I think it's a little bit of an easier teach. But again, uh, I don't know. They're pretty close. They're really close for me. I, I don't know if either one of these are going to make my top 50, I but they both might. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, hmm. I do know, but you don't know. <laughs> And I'm not going to share don't. with you right now. <laughs> All right, but anyway, fun games regardless. Both of them were fantastic. Had a great time with that. But before we played Raw that day, early that, that morning that I was there, I got to teach a five-player game of Hansa Teutonica, and I don't think anyone had played it before. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I know that I had to really convince, convince Jay bell to, to play this one because this wasn't going to be his jam. It's a pretty dull cube pusher. Um, that's not really his thing necessarily but I think he liked it in the end. This was a top 50 game. It, I, spoiler, this will be a top 50 game for me continually for as, as long as I can, you know, as long as I do this list, I can't imagine this not being on there. Wow, but that's commitment. Really, it's just such a simple game because uh, you do have multiple actions that you can take. And then as you're unlocking more cubes on your board, those actions become more powerful. But the really cool thing is, is essentially, you're just trying to put cubes out onto a route on the board, and connect your pieces to complete routes and you're going to get points. You're also going to unlock things as you go. But it has the appearance of being a mean game, but it really is not. It is, if you have a cube out on the board, I can take your cube off there and put mine on there. But if I do that, I have to lose a cube and then you also gain a cube and both of your cubes still stay on the board. You just have to move it to a different route. And so you, a similar feeling to like a, a brass brass uh, Birmingham where you it's not really mean whenever you do something to hurt somebody, it actually helps them. Uh, and, and in fact, you set yourself up a lot of times so that somebody will have to move your cubes. and so you're kind of getting in each other's way, but you're all doing it. And it's just such a fun, smooth game. I think everyone had a good time playing this one. Uh, yeah, I, I, as far as as far as I know, everyone enjoyed this one. I did. cool. Then cool. we went from that to, challengers at some point i don't know if this was the next one but we played a an eight player game of challengers you have not played this one you have no desire to play this one
1: yeah well i'll tell you what i'll play challengers before i play haunted Tatanica. what <laughs> all right okay when was the last time that q pusher won a spiel de Jarre, huh tell me that <laughs> man
0: i i cannot argue with that logic actually i um Although I am looking it up to see if it did I'm sure it won <laughs> awards. It had to have. No, there's no it's too ugly for that. It's too, <laughs> okay. You're not you're not wrong about that. You you win this round, my friend. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so oh yeah, won tons of games awards. Board game geek, golden geek, best strategy game, and board game geek game of the year, which you have said
1: is your favorite. I have but you know, well, next to Dice Tower, it's not. But <laughs> you can't, you can't trust every award. <laughs> uh, I'd play it. I'd play it. But no, I, I'm, I'm not jazzed about either of those two. There
0: we go. Okay, so in Challengers, you are, uh, you're playing War, basically. But that's not the crux aha! Of the game. I knew <laughs> it. <laughs> the crux of the game is you are building up your deck. You're trying to have the best. Uh, deck against other players higher numbers beat out the other numbers like in war. So you and I line up, I flip a card over. If my number's higher then you, then I now have the flag. It's captured. The flag is what it is. And then you flip your cards over until you can beat mine. And then we keep going back and forth, but you're also, you have other things that are happening. Like it's not just you beat my deck. It's also if I have too many cards in my deck and I have too many people that go to my bench, yada, 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 then I'm also going to lose that round. But the cool thing is, this is a tournament game. I've played this game multiple times since I talked about it as my hotness game uh, a month and a half ago or whenever that was. But I've not played a full-on eight-player tournament of this game, and this is where the game really shines. And I I think everyone had a great time playing this one as well. I definitely did, and I already own the game, so I don't have to worry about picking this one up. But I am hoping to get this played more and more Maybe even at Tennessee Game Days. Maybe I can I can lead mm. a game of this if I can find eight people to play. Fantastic game. Loved it. Got destroyed, and I still had a great time. That is Challengers. I got two think, more to
1: talk about. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, do you think you'd lead a tournament of Challengers at uh, Tennessee Game Days? Would that be viable? It would. Yes, it would. I'd have to have multiple sets of it. And I
0: don't know. There's some balancing issues with how many cards, because there's certain types, a uh, number of cards. Um, I guess it wouldn't really matter though, if you're if, as long as you have a good number, maybe 16 people. Who? I would love to do that actually. If I could make the time to do that, I, I need to reach out to. I need to reach out to Rick or Russ and see if that's an option.
1: Anyway. Cool. Uh, okay. All right, Darren, you you wrote me in there. <laughs> ha ha. A Meeple Town. Uh featured Challengers Tournament at Tennessee Game Days. You heard it here first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, two more games quickly. Sorry, I'm I'm going longer than I had planned. Three Ring Circus. We've talked about this on. I, I taught this one as a four-player game, taught this one to Kelly, Verla, and BJ. And this was BJ's number one game he wanted to play over the weekend because it hadn't it's not released. It just released at Gen Con. And so uh it, he was really wanting, I think this was one of one of his games that he really wanted to play. Taught this one at four players, played it, and it rose big time for me. Even though I really like this game anyway, I liked it even more after I played this at the full four player count. Here's my issue with this game. We're going to talk about this because we'll do some more full on review of this at some point. Even if it's not like a full, full review, we'll do more of a bigger review. This game is I don't think a difficult game to teach. I think overall the general idea of the game they grasp pretty well, but it's so fiddly. This is such a fiddly game, and I I I I hate to describe games that way, but when we have played the game and even at the end of the game we're asking questions about now I knew the rules well, I feel like, and I feel like I taught it okay. But some of the concepts uh, some of the the symbology doesn't really click and and some of the concepts, even though the general like main gameplay concept is is I feel like that was understood. but there's some things in there that just made it more and more difficult and still asking questions at the end of the game, that's a fiddly game, I think.. Hmm. Um, not that we even had to look at the rule book because again, I knew the rules. Maybe I'm just terrible at teaching games. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't want to
0: say anything. Oh, okay. It it could very well have been me and maybe this game is not fiddly at all. But that being said, I was nervous because I felt like that everyone else felt it was fiddly too, Hmm. that they weren't going to like the game. I really thought, oh man, I just ruined this game for them and nobody's going to like it. Well, everybody loved it. That's awesome. Really loved it, and and wanted to. Um, I don't know who's going to pick this up out of the uh, out of that group, but I would imagine they at least have an interest of in picking it up. So yeah, I, so I mean, take that for what it is. It, what that tells me is, if you can push through the fiddliness, man, this is a really cool, fun game, and it has a lot of player interaction uh, with the uh, with the um, area control. Of getting points that way but here's the thing i won the game and i did not win any of the area control in that game if i remember right Hmm. i don't think i won a single one of those territories but i had points in other places so this is a cool game that we've talked about before there's lots of places to score points in this one
1: yeah i'm looking to get this to the table more did you win on the end game scoring again uh I did. Did I win this game? Now I'm now I'm questioning whether or not I did. No, 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 no.
0: I'm sorry. I came in second on this in this one, okay. I think. I think I came in second. Um in but most of my points came from not most, but I, I caught back up for sure with gotcha. the uh with the end game scoring.
1: So it's just, you like, are a good
0: just like playing with you. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I did I did not cool. I I think second place in this one. Okay, and the last one I got to play was a game that I was excited to play because it's one of my favorites as well. Cthulhu Death May Die. Topher is a is my merithrashy gamer from the weekend. I think we were definitely the ones that enjoyed those type of games the most, but we played a full five-player game of this one that I think didn't go as strongly as I would mm. have liked. In this game, it's cooperative, and you're trying to beat Cthulhu. But first, Cthulhu has to come out on the board, and then you have to beat him. But we didn't even make it to where he came out on the board because I died. And if you die before he comes out onto the board, any character, then the game's over. If he comes out and a player dies, it's okay as long as not everybody dies. Hmm, We were all going to die anyway because this game (laughs) is so hard. But I'm real sad that I died before he came out on the board, because I felt like we started off doing pretty well. Ah, but I'm afraid that it, (laughs) I don't know if people love this one as much. uh, Topher already, he already likes this game a lot. He's played it a lot. I loved it. We might be the only ones at the table that really (laughs) had a great experience. I hope not. I hope I didn't ruin it for, for people that were excited, but I just don't think it was a big hit for everybody. Yeah.
1: No, I'm I'm sure it wasn't you, but 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 I know that feeling of you want people to love a game so much and then you're not quite sure if they if they dug it as much as you do. But uh, no, it happens. Sometimes, you know, you raise Cthulhu, sometimes you don't. Uh, sometimes.
0: Sometimes <laughs> it happens. That's life. Such That's right, is life. You know. So anyway, we got done with that game at around eight o'clock. I had a five hour drive back home. Drove back, got back around, uh, I think it was probably close to 2.30 or 2 by the time I got to bed and then had to teach at a convention the next day, or conference, a seminar the next day, where I got
1: to see Darren and we got to play no games. So that was a bummer. No games whatsoever. But you did a great job teaching there at the conference as well. So, you know, teaching points for Dean all around. So my quick takeaway of Chuck Conn, or any little con
0: they are so much fun. If you, if you just want to play games and you don't care about the new hotness, you want to hang out with friends, this really is the way to do it. And, and we, you know, got a cabin or, or got a house an Airbnb house and, um, eight meals cooked together. Eric cooked an amazing, um, spaghetti dinner that night that I was there. Fantastic. Um, yeah, just made sandwiches for lunch and just had fun. You know, I, I think it, I love doing that. I I do this with a mancation group that I have coming up in a couple weeks. Actually, before, Mm -hmm. hey, I didn't think about that, but I have that coming up even before Tennessee game days where we get a cab and play golf and board games. And so I I highly recommend it if that's what you're looking for. But if you're looking for something much bigger, thousands of people, (laughs) people getting trampled over trading card games, then I recommend you go to Gen Con, which is what Darren's (laughs) going to talk about.
1: And yes, it was quite the event, quite the the spectacle. And so um what we thought we might do as we talk about Gen Con is potentially talk about some of the announcements and things that, that came out uh, either at Gen Con or around the time of Gen Con. And then I'll share a little bit more of the uh, of the experience, kinda of like how Dean has, and maybe get into some of the games and things that that I played while while I was there. Dean talked but a
0: little bit too long. I I uh... I I apologize. I just get so excited about the games.
1: No, no, no. I mean, hey, the little cons need their time in the sun. It's not just about the big stuff. That's right. It's about those little ones and the relationships that are are built and encouraged there. Yeah, Mr. Um, Big Stuff, who do you think you are? (laughs) I'll tell you who I am. I'm the guy that stood in a sea of humanity, 70,000 plus, in a crowded convention center. You're in a little house with 12 people, 70,000. I thought it was um, 80. Was it well, not 80? Well, okay. So so here's the deal. While I was there, the rumors were that it was 85 plus, 85,000 plus. But then at the end of the show, when Gen Con did their official press release, they said record-breaking numbers of 70,000 plus, whatever that means. But they definitely made it sound like it was the most ever with over like 540 different vendors and Ooh, over 20,000 wow. events going on over these four days, the best four days in gaming, which depending on what your definition of best is, I could say that's your true statement, you know. Um, best is biggest. <laughs> um, you know, it matters. So some of the announcements that, that came out from Gen Con, other than just how large and grand it was, is that they also marked their 20 years in indie this year by extending the contract another six years. So Gen Con is going to remain in Indy. Uh, for, well, until 2030. Boo. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, I know there, there's some back and forth about whether or not uh, Indy is the best spot for it. Um, politics and other things that people will, will criticize Indiana, uh, p- putting all that aside, the convention center and the space with Lucas Oil and the hotel and the hotels, it seems to work pretty well in my meager two years experience. So if you are interested in going to Gen Con, next year it will be August 1st, through the fourth. So um, book your tickets. Um, but some of the other announcements that came out while we were there, obviously one of the things that's usually a big deal, at least that used to be a big deal at Gen Con, is the 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 FFG in-flight reports, the Final Fantasy um, in-flight reports that they normally would do that would typically fill up a, a ballroom and people would come in, there'd be lots of game releases and everything. Over the years, that sort of dwindled uh, the pandemic really killed a, a lot of that when no one was going and they shut down. And so now this year, it was just a handful of in-flight short videos they put up on on YouTube. Did you see some of these, Dean? I did not, well, briefly. Yes, I did
0: briefly, but not not as much as I normally do. I'm usually glued to my computer with the Fantasy Flight yeah, yeah. stuff at Gen Con, but not this year.
1: Yeah, well, in, in my opinion, there were some interesting things, but... With my taste, it was a little disappointing. You didn't miss a whole lot. Uh, some of the stuff that came out in the in their in their announcements were they released, and I just realized some of my notes are missing from this. Um, some of the things that they did, they released some information about Star Wars um, Unlimited, those products, all those things because that was one of the huge demos at the con. They um, again, this is their new. Um, trading card game collectible card game that's that's coming out next year it was not at this year's con and i asked the guys at ffg if it's going to be at next year's con because we don't want another uh lorcana situation which we'll get to here in a bit <laughs> but 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 they announced some products like deck boxes and play mats and some really uh innovative card sleeves new kinds of card sleeves for the cards and some really interesting products for those that are going to want to play uh star wars unlimited um people were hoping they would say something about the star Wars deck building game. And the only thing they had to say about that was that they hadn't forgot about it, <laughs> that there's more stuff coming. And that literally was all that they said. So Ooh, what a thanks. great opportunity that could have been. Um, <laughs> Man. For... Yeah. And I feel like in a lot of ways that was the theme for the con for many companies. I feel like. Missed opportunity. But That's missed how you would say Missed opportunity. So, so we had some of that. They did mention for those Marvel champions, Uh, living card game fans that did mention that the the end of this next evolution series that they've that they uh, this series of cards and packs and expansions that's coming out the next evolution which is kind of the second x-men pack they said they're going to finish off that line with a uh, the final hero pack is going to be deadpool there's a lot of x-force and things going on in this pack and so deadpool is going to be the last hero pack of this line have you are you playing much of Marvel champions living card game? Uh,
0: I say yes, but I'm not, I'm not up on everything. I, I'm back on the first expansion, uh, the, like the first big box expansion, but I've got a lot of the hero decks and stuff like that. Love this game. It's fantastic. I'm just not, you know, buying everything for it. Yeah.
1: The, does Deadpool excite you? No,
0: it doesn't. Although I, mm. I did, I have been watching the, um, the Wrexham, uh, documentary. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, so I like Ryan Reynolds. And <laughs> I think I might be a Wrexham fan. I don't know, nice. but not Deadpool. I don't love Deadpool.
1: Gotcha. Um, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, but I think just the silliness and cleverness of this is one that I'll probably pick up at some point. In the realm of living card games, they also mentioned some Arkham Horror stuff. Um, for, for, for Arkham Horror, the card game, of course, a new investigator and campaign expansion has been announced and that is the Feast of Hemlock Vale. And this is going to have like a day and night kind of component where some things that happen at night are going to be bad and some things that happen the day are going to be bad because everything that happens in Arkham Horror, the living card game, is bad. But it is also, also so much fun. For those of you that, that are fans of that, uh, you've got that to look forward to. There may have been a few other things they mentioned, but by and large, the FFG in-flight shorts, Um, Not quite as exciting. Well, I take this back. One last thing from them was they announced a new expansion for Descent Legends of the Dark. So for for you Descent fans, uh, you've got more more stuff coming your way. But outside of FFG, there were some other announcements as well that came out around this time. Things like Weird Games uh, announced that Vagrant Song is going to have a new expansion coming to Kickstarter. Um, The Encore expansion. So you Vagrant Song lovers, that's going to be awesome. Uh, Fantasia announced, um, well, I know Meepletown broke this news several months ago about a new reprint of Colosseum and Fantasia released some early images of that. Have you seen the art of the, of the new Colosseum version from Fantasia? Have I seen the art? Holy moly. <laughs> this art is amazing. I am so,
0: so excited. So excited about, uh, both of these. Cause you know, the two, the two different games, one that is the reprint and the the other one that has some changes to it, um, a la Brass Lancashire and Brass Birmingham. Even though they're totally different games, that's that's kind of the idea. Mm. Super pumped about that.
1: Yeah, that no, looks awesome. Um, also from Arcane Wonders, who you know creators of Foundations of Rome, which I know you're a big fan of, they announced a a um, a more retail friendly version that's not going to have miniatures of all the buildings. That's going to be cardboard tiles. It's designed to to actually be bought in a normal store (laughs) called Foundations of Metropolis. And so it's not going to have the expansion stuff in it, best I can tell. It's going to be basically the base game with cardboard tiles to get that same Foundations of Rome experience, but with less plastic and less of a price tag. You heard about this, right? No. Why did you not text me on this? You
0: know how many times we have talked about this on the show? (laughs) I'm just now finding out about this. I thought we talked about this. Okay. No, we didn't. And I had show notes in one place and Darren had them in another. I didn't realize that. we. I was like, why is Darren not adding any show notes? It's because (laughs) we had two separate documents. So I'm just now reading these on here. Yeah, wow. Man. Oh, I'm I'm going to text John uh, right now
1: actually. Do it do it do it. My only thing about this one is I was hoping for a more grander theme, like just a regular city theme of building a metropolis out because it looks like an urban city is what you're doing. I'm not quite as as stoked about that. I would have loved to have seen something like Rome or Greece or something along those lines. But at the same time, I also understand if they want to, if they're going to keep making versions of this in grand plastic productions, you might want to save those ancient civilizations for something like that, where it's easy to put an urban city on a cardboard tile. That's a little disappointing. I might check it out, especially if they bring in some of the expansion stuff, because like I've heard from you and others, the Foundations of Rome game really sings once you start bringing in some of those other expansions. So if this is just the base game, I might wait for them to add a little more to it. But but I knew you'd be excited about this.
0: Very, very. Well, I mean, I'm excited for other people. I, I'm not going to pick it up, but probably. Gotcha. I mean, it doesn't really make <laughs> that much sense for me to. But John, I think, will be really excited to hear about this. I can't find any information on this, though. They don't have a, a BGG site or anything like that yet. But Nothing I'll, yet? Uh, okay. I, I would appreciate you putting a link in here so I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally I kidding. Will, um, I but that's that. yeah, I, I'm excited, very excited for people, and I think a lot of
1: people have been clamoring for this announcement to be made. Yep. And there are a few other announcements that you even told me about. Uh, some stuff from from Renegade and Direwolf. If you want to go ahead and share some of that, mm-hmm. yeah. So the Renegade one um, came through. I, I, I'm sure they were announcing
0: this at their booth, but since I wasn't there, they had sent out an email at the same time as you know posting it in social media, but that is the announcement of GI Joe themed access and allies, which is, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't either. I, I am. Well, I know I'm excited for people. I don't know enough. I've never played access and allies, although I have a desire to, I don't really have a desire to play a game that long, that type of game. And so I don't know. I, my guess is if they're, if this is appealing to the masses, it's probably going to be a shorter version of that, but I'm excited that they're doing this, and I'm I'm gonna pay attention to it for sure, just to see. Yeah. And then Transformers version of Robo Rally, which is I've not played Robo Rally either. <sighs> one that I really right. want to play, and they just re released the regular ro- Robo Rally at their booth this year, along with Acquire. So I'm really excited about that. I, I'm yeah, I, I I think it's cool that they're taking some of these old really popular games and then slapping an ip that they that they you know have used in the past on some of these some of these games i think that's cool i would love to see more of that i don't know i i wish i would have come up with a list of ones that i want to see but maybe <laughs> i don't know something with raw that's rethemed since we're talking about classic game maybe a hansa teutonica that's uh you know a he-man version of hansa teutonica that's, <laughs> that's actually a terrible ip to slap on there but you know anything Ninja Turtles? Oh, that's really popular right now. Put some Ninja Turtles on a uh, ticket to ride. That's <laughs> these are don't ask me <laughs> for
1: good ideas, because I don't have them today. They're finding paths through the sewers to get to Shredder. Okay. Is that All maybe right. how that the TMNT ticket to ride version would work? That could work. Maybe a uh where in the world is
0: Carmen San Diego ticket to ride? That's better, right? Mm, uh, uh, maybe. That's nah, worse. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Somehow worse. it's actually worse. <laughs> okay. So that was that. And then the Dire Wolf one that you mentioned. Now, this was a lot. And I don't know if this was announced at the con or if it's just something I saw right afterwards. But it's all the hotness right now. Let me, let me share that one in just a second. The first not as hot ones are the digital implementations that they have coming out because they are a digital first company or at least they were. I don't know if they still are. Direwolf Digital is going to come out with My Little Everdell. My Little Everdell digital version, which I think is cool because that's a fun version of Everdell. Nova. Isle of Cats, Cascadia, Dune Imperium. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so much digital goodness. These are big, big name games. And I'm excited to see, um, one, sometimes they make these announcements in it's months or even years before these games come out. So Dire Wolf, I think is probably faster than the, the ones that come out years later, but they take their time for sure. And they do an excellent job. Dire Wolf does an amazing job with these implementations. Dune Imperium is supposed to have a version that comes out kind of alongside the next, uh, the the part two of the movie, which is November 3rd, if I'm remembering that correctly. So a digital version will be coming out, I think, in December of Dune Imperium. I don't know if that's the Steam version. I, I think it is. I think it is the Steam version and then the other versions to follow, if I understand that correctly. Don't fully quote me on that. Just know that those digital versions have been announced. Now this is the biggie, and that is the Dune Imperium Uprising, which is a an expansion of sorts, but more so it is a standalone game where you are also they introduce this six player mode that pits two teams against each other. Now that is very exciting. You can also use the expansion stuff that you already have. You have Ix. You have uh, what is it? Immortality. Uh, I almost said immorality, which would have been funny. That's a that's a good expansion that should come out. Uh, we have to get an immorality <laughs> expansion, please. <laughs> so, Ix and immortality, and those those are compatible with this to an extent. And then also the uh, the base game is somewhat compatible with this, so you're going to be able to use some of the cards, but not necessarily all of the cards, or not all of the cards but you're also if you want to use some of this stuff from dune imperium uprising you can use that with the base game again some of the cards in in i don't have all the information on that uh, yet this is a pretty new announcement but i'm mostly just excited about having a six player team version of the game this game i think that is going to be phenomenal i'm super pumped about that one this I don't know. Playing a team version of this game sounds more exciting to me than the regular base version of it. So I, I'm this. This is already a top 50 game for me. My guess is it would rise if it has some of the same stuff, but it's team based.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about the team aspect of this. Uh, I don't I don't play well with others, but <laughs> the. <laughs> I, I love the possibilities of what they can do with this IP. It's quite, it's quite exciting with all the different Dune stuff that's coming out. Um, I'm pretty pumped about, pumped about a lot of that. So, but Excellent. more Dune stuff is going to make people happy, I think. Regardless of if, think how so the team
0: stuff goes over. Yep. For me, I'm I, I've got ideas running through my mind, so I want this to the table quickly. I, I really yeah. want to get this one, yep.
1: as soon as it comes out. And and so that that's a lot of the announcements. There are, there are, I'm sure there are so many more. There's so many that that I knew about that I'm already forgetting about. Uh, but the the announcements are just part of the experience of Gen Con. And so we hope that's that's beneficial for, for you uh residents out there, if you haven't already heard some of those. But but the experience itself just cannot be matched unless you're unless you're there. Some of you have seen the video, some of you have seen the the pictures of some of the, the madness that happened, especially on that very first day. And just let me get, spend a few minutes talking about the experience of just being there and walking around the hall. Uh, the, the Exhibitor Hall opens at 10, and that's where all the booths are, where you can purchase games and demo some games. There's a whole separate hall for demoing and playing games, but you have some demos in the Exhibitor Hall, but it's mainly there for, for purchasing. And this is where rope drop happens. This is where the doors open and people come rushing in. And so the door is open at 10 and I get there about 830 in the morning to stand and wait because I'm going to make a run for um, my most anticipated game for the con, which is Marvel United Spider-Geddon. And I'm there and I notice these huge long lines wrapping around the entire inside of the Indiana Convention Center. Let me tell you, I'm sorry, uh, it's not a small building by any means. It's massive. The convention center is huge. And this line was queued up in several rows and then all the way down the hallways. you have know, got a whole other incredibly long lines of people in the will call trying to pick up their tickets and stuff for the day, because most events, if not all events at Gen Con or ticketed events, you have to get in advance before you just go up and do something. So I'm standing up and I'm near the doors before they open. I'm maybe you know, 10, 15 people deep and the people are asking, I'm asking about the long lines. I do no, no, th- this is the Lorcana line. These are people that are waiting to get those fresh, brand new packs of Disney Lurcana, uh trading card game. Uh, many of them had been waiting outside the convention center at 4 a.m. And then they opened the doors at 6 and the people came in in an orderly fashion. And from what I understand, basically queued themselves, formed their own orderly line. And maybe some of the Gen Con staff helped them. Um, but they were ready to be ushered in in an orderly fashion to pick up their Locana cards. Shortly after I arrived at 830, the Gen Con staff told them there is no line. There is no queue. We're just going to go in all at once. And so now thousands of people who have been waiting since four in the morning now just descend upon the rest of us. So now the, (laughs) the hall is absolute madness and it's packed and you're just standing there for hours sweating. And breathing everybody else's air. And um, it was really something somebody right right before the, the doors opened had their little pregame pass gas. Um, I don't know if they were nervous oh. or what, but just you know, <laughs> slipped the one out and whew, Several of us were just were just dying for the few moments, like please open the doors. Well, then Jim Con staff decides to open the doors and and everybody just rushes in. There's no orderly line. There's nothing. There's a stampede of people running in to get to the Ravensburger booth where the Lacana cards are. And again, I'm not a small person. I'm 6'5", 200 pounds. I'm not small. My feet never touch the ground as I'm being pushed with a surge of humanity into the hall. And I'm stuck, like there's nowhere to go. There's a guy in front of us with, with a child on his head, you know, trying to yell, stop, 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 because someone had just gotten, you know, ran over, knocked down and pushed over. It was chaos where they were trying to organize that line. Absolute chaos. Um, thankfully, by day two and three, uh, they had a better plan of organizing the line. I think Ravensburger even sent out and got donuts and coffee and, and various things for those who got there early in the morning, because at the end of the first day, they started queuing the line for the next day's Lurcana. Um, They started that at 6 p.m. on Thursday, 6 p.m. Thursday night for the Friday morning line. And so it was insanity. That is insane. I don't. I didn't know. Did it, so they
0: don't close it at all. Then, like you can always be in there.
1: The um, I want to say the convention the convention center itself stays open, but the okay. halls will close at certain times. Okay, that that makes sense,
0: I guess. But I just assumed that you couldn't just you know camp out there. But but sure enough, they did it every night. I they mean, did. after yep, yep. after that point, which yep. is uh, okay. Is this supposed to be a selling point for going to large conventions?
1: I don't know if it is. <laughs> for, I don't for, think it is. For me, day one, no. That that debauchery, uh, that butchering of organization, no <laughs> way. Uh, someone may have lost their job over that. I don't know, Gen Con uh, or convention center staff, whoever you are, shame on you for not handling that better day one. Thank you for figuring that out. Remember that next year. When they're selling the next chapter or when Star Wars Unlimited potentially releases at Gen Con, you know, let's remember how to do this properly and not have another uh, debacle like that. Because the neighbors around Ravensburger were not happy because people avoided that area. And the, the way that it was so bustled in there, like talk with the folks over at Amigo, you know, they didn't have near the con they were hoping for because they were right behind Rorcona, uh, Ravensburger. And so they didn't get the same kind of traffic because nobody wanted to go there because they're kind of tucked away behind that monstrosity. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: That's, that's it, tough. And I don't, I don't know how you plan for that. Maybe that's the biggest release that we've seen ever. Who knows? I don't know. I It be. sounds, it sounds like it's way up there. And so I, I'm, if Star Wars unlimited does release next year at Gen Con or something similar, I, I would imagine they would be more prepared, but at the same time, it is unknown exactly. Right. What, I mean, I think everyone knew it was going to be a big hit, but how big of a hit? I don't know if they would have anticipated that. And well, obviously, always... they didn't anticipate <laughs> that, but I don't know
1: if you could have. I guess. Well, and you know, and it it, it is hard to anticipate a lot of things because as you walk around and talk to other vendors, um, they were they were also, Many of the big hot games were selling out, and they felt underprepared for that. Most of the vendors, when you come in, they will have a daily allotment of certain hot products that they will hold back and put out because they want to make sure people every day have a chance to buy a certain game. They don't just want to sell out of the hottest game on day one, though that did happen to a few, like Devere sold out of Three Ring Circus, first day. Uh, Arcane Wonders sold out of World Wonders, first day. But then you had others holding a few games back, um, like the Boop, the Halloween version of Boop um, <laughs> over at the Smirk and Dagger booth. They had like 80 copies of those that would sell out in eight minutes. Yeah. You Gray know, Fox lines doing form. Last Light the same yes. way. Yeah. They had like 25 or 30 because sometimes it's just hard to get product to the convention. Sometimes it's expensive. Sometimes it's just hard to get it produced and get it there. Sometimes you just underestimate and talking to the different vendors. They just didn't know. Um, like for tw- 25th century, talking to Chad over 25th century, uh, they were out of product like everything on Friday. And so Smirk and Dagger comes over to them because they're friends. A lot of these publishers share warehouses. Smirk and Dagger comes over, says, look, we're out of boop. We can't be out of boop. We've got a guy in Atlanta that's going to drive a truck 10 hours overnight to bring stuff. Do you need anything? So you had like mm-hmm. seven different publishers that got together and said, we go, we've got to have some product or we're going to be half the con selling nothing. So they all pitched in and had a truck uh, drive up all night. And then all those publishers got out there. There's no docks for them to unload this truck from. And so the publisher out there unloading their own stuff off this tractor trailer and just sending it to the different booths. I mean, sometimes it's hard to know when you just, you just do what you got to do, but yeah. it's, um. It's it's really something. It is an it is an event for for sure. Um, so some of the hot games that I saw: uh, Spider Geddon from Marvel United um, was still not Thunder Road Vendetta, which is one I picked up for you. I had to fight tooth and nail, elbow and elbow, um, to, to to secure that copy of the Maximum Chrome edition. I was very very excited about that. <laughs> by the way, I'm I'm so pumped. Except I don't even know when we'll see each other next to be able to get that, but at least I know that I <laughs> technically own a copy. You so. you have it probably by the time we see each other, you could have ordered it off of their uh, their website. They may have it up on the website. I'm sure that's the case. But you won't have to pay shipping. Although I expect you to pay for my gas.
0: <laughs> Man, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but 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 the games are only part of the deal, part of the experience. The the lines, the 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 buzz, the flurry around trying to pick up. Um, a game before it sells out. is only part of the experience. There's also a lot large events and things that go on. One of the events I attended was the Dice Tower Awards. And that was exciting. You know, we mentioned they had their nominations a while back and this was where they presented the awards. Most of the staff got all dressed up and, you know, the the ballroom is pretty much packed out and all of the nominees, you had publishers and designers and various artists and things that were nominated for the awards were all sitting down front at tables. They did it like an actual award show, but they didn't just announce the awards. There were also videos they would do and there were skits that they had. And it was, it was hilarious. I thought it was very well done. They thought they took what I thought might be an hour and stretched it into about an hour and 45 minute production, <laughs> but it wasn't like stretching like, Oh my gosh, can we end this? Like it was, it was quality entertainment. So, so well done Dice Tower on, on that. Would you like to hear some of the award winners? By the way, of the Dice Tower, I, I
0: would like to just pause here for a second. Yes, I would. I would. Okay. I still, it has been quite the journey for me to try to find any information on this foundations <laughs> of Metropolis. Finally, I found a post in Board Game Geek under Foundations of Rome. Gotcha. So, there we go. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're would. fine. And,
1: and I think they officially announced that on the the Dice Tower. Uh, summer spectacular uh, um, show right before Gen Con started. It was like the day before Gen Con or something, which is crazy because I I did watch part of that, but
0: I didn't see the part that said that. So, yep, you missed out. Yep, I did.
1: Ah, uh, but speaking of Arcane Wonders, uh, they did win uh, best production value game uh, as far as the Dice Tower Awards go for Foundations of Rome. So that was a good award winner. That's a good win. Good call. Was a good win. The best art went to guess. Just take a wild guess. Who got, who got best art? Best art goes to Endless Winter. No, no, no. They were nominated. Oh,
0: oh uh, Flamecraft. Yeah,
1: Flamecraft. Okay. Which which is funny. I find an interesting pick. Cindy and I, my wife, we were at Barnes and Noble today looking at games. They had a copy of Flamecraft. I said, Hey, this won best art at Dice Tower Awards. And she looked at me. She goes, Really? I, said, I know. We're not big fans oh, of the art. We're not I like big the fans. Art. I think uh, it's pretty. You know. It's one of my least favorite, but I know people go. Gaga it's a pretty for game it. in general.
0: I, I think it's a great production. It was it. Up? I'm guessing it was up for the best production too.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Pretty sure it was uh, best party game. Ready, set, bet.
0: Yep, I'm, I'm good with that. Although, did Green Team win? Come out. Come out live? I, sh- I want to say like- that was a nomination.
1: I want to say it was. I don't have okay. all of
0: them all in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it was. It doesn't surprise me that Ready Set Bet would win. Although Green Team wins is the is the better choice for a. It just is. It is the better <laughs> choice for a
1: party game. Yeah, Ready Set Bet is a phenomenal game, though. I do love Ready Set Bet. It's a blast. This one may shock you. Best solo game: Return to Dark Tower. That did shock me. I did see that one. Um, I saw the video yeah. for that. That
0: I I really like that game a lot i don't know about the best solo game actually no it's not the best solo game go ahead well
1: it, it also won best co-op so there you go
0: no here's the thing i think it is probably the best co-op uh i think it was my favorite co-op but wow oh yep go ahead
1: keep going i think i, th- I think i think we're to dark tower won two to three awards flamecraft won two or three total um Best two player. This one I was a little, you know, I wasn't shocked by. What wasn't my pick, but I wasn't shocked by it. Splendor Duel wins best two player. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. People love them Some Splendor. Okay, the last two I'll mention here. Best strategy game. This is a game that's near and dear to our heart. Uh, Endless Winter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Best strategy game goes to Endless Winter. And then Game of the Year went to a game that won no other awards. Uh, for the rest of the night, but it won the big one. And I know you and I have already talked about this. Heat, mm-hmm. pedal to the metal. Yeah, that's a good pick. Year, that's so.
0: not that's not what my pick would have been, but yeah. that would have been really close. Uh, I think that was my number. It was in my top 10 for last year. I love that game. Yeah. So fun.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. So yeah, so, so there's lots of experience. There are lots of events like the award shows. Uh, some shows are actually filmed there, like a, above board, a a new, I want to say it's a new Uh, YouTube channel that's going to do various videos of board games and comedy and this and that. They host, I think I want to say they filmed an episode there that even starred Clark Gregg, Clark Gregg, who you may also know as Agent Coulson from the Marvel movies and uh, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show. So lots of events and things to see and do there. There's RPG stuff everywhere. Um, There's all kinds of, of places that you can play and do various things. But really, the best part of the experience is hanging and talking with people. I know people mm. always say that, but man, it really is. It really is kind of like the conference we went to a few weeks ago. The best part is, is just hanging and talking with people. Um, I got to chat with you know some some big name people like like Justin Jacobson from Restoration Games. Um, got to talk with uh, several owners of various companies. Um, some board game designers. Got to. M- Uh, hang with Keith Ferguson, and we mentioned him, the designer of Santa's Workshop, a friend of the show. He was awesome. One of my favorite nights was just hanging out with him and Brent, uh, who's the the president of, CEO, whatever, uh, of Elf Creek, like the head of Elf Creek Games, Mm -hmm. sat with us as we demoed the, or as we played uh, Santa's Workshop. And so afterwards, we're just chatting and talking you know that that was one of the most uh, exciting parts of the of the night of the whole weekend was just talking about life, talking about uh, various aspects of board gaming and games coming up. We'll have some news from that here in a little bit. But um, actually, no, 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 I'm just going to go ahead and tell you breaking news, Meeple Talent exclusive, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> Brent from Elf Creek was telling us some stuff about Merchants of the Dark Road. If you're you're familiar with their game, Beautiful Production, Merchants of the Dark Road, Pick Up and Deliver game, gorgeous production. They have a new expansion coming out soon called Secret Villages. It's going to expand on some of the story and the lore there in um, in the Emergence of the Dark Road universe. And it's going to have this module that's going to involve rumors, like the the queen of the area is missing. And so you're investigating people and it's going to enhance your uh, ability to to follow and take that follow action and and grab various um, information. And so it's going to enhance the play and make it more interactive and more narrative. They also have a series of games coming out in that universe, uh, one of which is going to be designed by another Meepletown designer favorite, Stan Krodonsky is going to be designing a game in the Meepletown universe called the Baron of the Bards, not Meepletown universe. Ha! If only. The Merchants of the Dark Road universe. There's going to be Baron of the Bards. They're going to have another game that's going to explore the dark places that are going to be introduced in some of the expansions. That's going to be by J.B. Howell. Just lots of cool, interesting things coming out by Elf Creek in in the near future, particularly in their Merchants of the Dark Road universe very cool stuff
0: that's that's great news because even if you don't like merchants of the dark road which i do enjoy i think it's a fun game and i i have a copy um but if you don't like it the the art and the world are really cool and so having uh stan do some design (laughs) efforts in that world i think is going to be phenomenal i'm excited
1: yeah absolutely So either way, it's a wonderful experience. Again, I could go on for for hours and hours talking about the experience. There's so much there. You mentioned the food at your con. Let me talk about the food at my con. I packed Uncrustables and bologna sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) and and bags of chips and cotton candy grapes. And I eat that every day because I live an hour north uh, of Indy. So I just drove back and forth every day. So there is part of the con experience I miss out on. But the one time I did eat out, they have a block party out behind the convention center in a parking lot. All these different food trucks. And the one experience I did have, I did go out to Island Noodles food truck. And let me tell you, if you ever get a chance to eat Island Noodles, I highly recommend. It was delicious. It was so good. Just basically uh, some some fried noodles and teriyaki chicken, and it was the stuff. It was so good. I like noodles. I like. <laughs> I like me some noodles. So. <laughs> People the 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 food was great. The walk around the convention again. The best part was the people and making this. I I got to play some games with great people. Um, met met some friends in line as they're sitting there for two hours. There's something about the living in the trenches of Gen Con and waiting in line for doors to open. They can really bring people closer together. Made made some good friends. Hopefully, you know with their. We have some new residents in Maple Town that, that are listening to some of this. It was a joy getting to play and demo and just hang out and shop with all of you. You, you rock. But I know part of what we want to do is talk about some games. So I know we're going long here. I'm going to talk real briefly about some of these games. That's what I said. And I yeah. did not. I guarantee you I'll be quicker than you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, overall, I don't feel like there were a lot of huge releases. There were some hot releases that came out. Not a huge releases other than Lorcana. That seemed to be the one game everybody was talking about. Um, one thing I didn't see a lot of were people playing the same game all over the convention center. Maybe it did happen. But like last year when I went, one thing I remember is seeing everyone sitting down in the hallway, waiting in line or doing something, playing Cat in the Box. I feel like I saw that game everywhere I went last year. I didn't really see a game like that. It may have existed but I didn't see one kind of all over the place. Yeah. The, the talk of the con was Larkana, but some of the games that I had a chance to, to play, and I, and I put some of this out in the, in the social media, put this on X, put some of this in the Discord. And so if some of this may sound or look familiar to you, but one of the games I was excited about playing was Dixit Disney Edition. And I had a chance to to demo and purchase this game. It is Dixit with Disney. Can't beat that. <laughs> Need I say more? The card art is beautiful. The gameplay is yeah. basically the same. The little meeples that you're moving around the board are super cute. It's like a little Mickey Mouse or a little genie or a little Tinkerbell. Or, uh, you know, either way, it's it's adorable. It is Dixit with beautiful Disney cards. It's, it's so much fun. Buy that thing. Um, also got to demo Sunrise Lane, the new game from the good Dr. Reiner Knizia. This is really interesting. I kind of had a little bit of a ticket to ride vibe. You have this board and you have your own little color of uh, of houses. Like each house can like stack on top of each other. So really each little, each of your little colored pieces are a potential level of a house. And so you have um, a, a city board and there's different quadrants on there. There's some blue quadrants and there's some red quadrants because they're going to affect how you score because basically you are playing different colored cards in your hand kind of like in Ticket to Ride to Build Routes, Uh, you're going to play certain colored cards in your hand to place some houses onto the board. So the board has different colored uh, dots and some of the different squares on the board. Like one square may have two dots, uh, two red dots. One square may have four yellow dots. And that just tells you um, when you play, like let's say I play down uh, two red cards from my hand that means I can put two levels of red houses on, on that square. And if that's a two dot square, then I'm multiplying those two houses by those two dots. So I just scored four points. But say I put those onto a three dot square, then I score six points because that's two houses times three dots. Okay, And that's basically how you're scoring. You're playing down cards to put down houses, and all the houses have to be, uh, adjacent to something else that has been built you can't just stick it anywhere everything has to grow out from the center of the board and you're kind of racing to um to to be down like in ticket to ride to once the game has once someone has two two house pieces left then you finish out that round and and game over um like some quadrants like the blue quadrants if you stack them up uh, the highest, you're going to score extra points in the red quadrants. If you have the most houses in there, you're going to score extra points. If you have the largest, uh, adjacent grouping of houses, you're going to score points. And uh, so there's also these little block tiles you can, you can put down instead of playing cards on your turn, you can discard a card and you can put down one of those little park tiles to stop someone's run of houses that they're building. It's, um, uh, again, puzzly, thinky, simple. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, yeah i
0: yeah. i'm i'm interested in this one i i saw a couple other posts on this one saying it looks it looks cool um yeah and i'm always interested in the designer so that's that's uh yeah i'm, I'm i want to check that one out
1: it's a good one and very pretty too very very nice production um for that also yeah sunrise lane by the way so was sunrise uh, yeah. lane uh next game i played was district noir a um and by the way um Oh rats! I forgot to mention the publisher. And right now I don't have it pulled up. Um, if you'll pull that up for me while I start talking about the yeah, go for the it. next one, it'd be awesome. Uh, District Noir was another game I had a chance to play. This is from Pandasaurus, and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look it up. It... <laughs> well, you look. You just you just just interject next time I take a breath. Pandasaurus games. That was.
0: <laughs> is well, that District... who you wanted to know? No,
1: well, no, no. I'm sorry. Sunrise Lane was who I was. I was asking about, you know, who, oh, oh, who gotcha, published. Gotcha. I forgot to mention the publisher of of Sunrise Lane. Yep. Dix at Disney was was Lubolud and uh, an Asmodee. Um, horrible S- guild, horrible guild. That's right, horrible guild for for Sunrise. Also part of Flat River Group, I believe. And then District Noir was Pandasaurus. and just a fifteen minute card game where you're trying to win the majority. Of, of cards. You've got these cards that are worth various points that uh, it's really neat because you're both playing as the two-player game. You're playing as mafia bosses, basically. And you're trying to control the city to win. And so you're playing cards down in a row, just one card at a time that are either worth positive points or negative points. And ultimately, you're trying to collect the most points. So at any point in time uh, on your turn, you can either play a card or you can take all the cards in that row and add them to your tableau, and they're all going to be worth points. But some of those cards you can play and collect are also going to be negative points, and so you're trying to convince someone to take negative points or not take the positive point cards that that you want to take. And so you're trying to collect cards. You're also uh, there's also some city cards that that you can play, and uh, like ones the police department or city hall or uh, or the docks. You know, it's like thematically, it's kind of cool. If you can collect all three city cards, you win instantly. If not, you're going to collect as many cards as you can over the course of the game. And then you're going to score like whoever has the most eights. So and I want to say like eights are, are, um, are other like organized crime organizations, like the art on those cards. Whoever has the most of those is going to score eight points. If you don't have the most, you don't score any of them. Uh, there's some boxing cards. So whoever's controlling the boxing aspect you know, is going to um, score the most points. So if there's five boxing cards and I have three and you have two, then I'm going to score those three points for for the boxing. And you're not going to score any. So you're trying to control all these different aspects of the town and, uh, and not take the negative betrayal cards, um, which have this cool, uh, I just got arrested art on them. And then you're going to score up your points and whoever has the most points at the end wins. 15 minutes. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, this
0: is, uh, this is cool. I, I, um I, I, when you talked about this beforehand, I wasn't super thrilled about that. I don't, I don't know if I'm super pumped on it anyway, but I did hear some, some other people uh, make some comments about this along the way. It looks cool.
1: Yeah, the, it's got some silhouette art that's really cool. And that's, um. I, I realized in looking, preparing for, for this, that some of the rules that we played or that were taught weren't quite hundred percent accurate. And so, looking back on what the rules could have been and should have been, and thinking about what the theme of it is, because that was sort of left out in our rules demo too, this game I think for me went from like what I might consider a play up to a purchase. Now that I know what's really going on, I think I would definitely pick this one up. It's not all that expensive, and you can play it super quickly. It's good. That's District Noir. One of the shockers for me was Sale, uh, a trick taking two player trick taking game from All Play. This has got the the art right now. The artist name um, escapes me because, again, I did not do my prep work and pull this up in advance. But the, the artist is... Santiago. Yes, I love Weberson. He did Bloody Inn and a few other wonderful games. Yeah, His art's uh-huh. gorgeous. But uh, yeah, it's a basically, you know, the lead suit wins, uh, highest number wins, but you are cooperatively trying to play tricks and move. You've, there's a board. You've got a little cute wooden ship that's moving across the board. Every time that you um, play certain cards with uh, icons on them, because all of your cards have different types of icons on them, and if you match up certain icons, like if I play a wheel and if you play a wheel, then our ship is going to move one spot to to the the left or to the right, forward to the left or to the right, and depending on who won that trick will determine which side it moves to. And there's like other icons, like if you play two um, mermaid tails, it will move straight one, one space because all the shapes are diamond shaped. And uh, so you're trying to match up cards and it's limited to communication, so you can't really talk. Once you look at your cards, you can't talk about them, but you're trying to play certain cards to move your ship all the way down the board to the Harbor, uh, avoiding the the Kraken and avoiding storm clouds and avoiding islands. You should move it down the board before your Kraken deck runs out. Because when the Kraken deck runs out, You um, game over. There are certain other actions you can do by doing damage to the Kraken, which allows you to add cards to the Kraken deck to keep it from running out. It's super clever and smart. And I did not, I thought this was going to be too um, fiddly for a trick-taking game to enjoy. And I thought, you know, this would only be good if it had those special upgraded components that you could get on the Kickstarter. Now, this game is fine. It's wonderful in its basic form, and it is so good. I want to pick this one up.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yep, yeah, yep. I'd like to try this one now. i I'm I've seen a lot of really positive reviews on it.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, and that is sale from all play. Another one of the ones I was looking forward to was the Call of Cthulhu Horror on the Orient Express, the board game. one of the longest lines possible. <laughs> and this one was was awesome because I got the to, to learn the game from, from the designers, um, Adam Kopinski and, and Michael, uh, Golubowski. I think I pronounced that right. Sorry, Michael. Um, but those guys are awesome. I got to learn the game from them and sit with them. And, uh, and Cuba, who is the, the guy working with there with Chaosium. So nice as they were explaining this, this game and, and tolerating me as I was asking questions, but, uh, really thematic game of trying to, you're moving this train piece down the track, trying to get up to Constantinople. There's this huge board, uh, cardboard train that's out there that's got these NPCs you're going to interact with. It's got these dice that serve as passengers that have these different emojis that describe, you know, on the faces that describe how they're feeling. They may be insane. They may be happy or injured or, or angry or, or apathetic. And you're interacting with the passengers. And when the passengers die, there's these cool wooden coffins that you can... <laughs> put down over the dice to show that they're, wow, that that's they're cool. dead. And um, there's there's a pressure luck mechanism where you're drawing tokens out of a bag as you're trying to interact and you can increase your ability to take certain actions or you can cause bad things to happen if you draw the wrong types of tokens. And so, so it's got that element in there. You're, you're trying to close portals to keep monsters from spawning. You're trying to fight monsters and the speed of the train, because the train has its own speed. And um, this depending on the speed of the train will determine like what kind of bonuses you add to your attacks of the monsters. Cause the faster the train, the more damage you'll do to the monster because you're fighting them outside and you know, physics, um, inertia, you get knocked off the train and go, you've got a cool player board that has upgrades and it kind of like in, um, and so like RPGs and things you have ways of upgrading your character or buying spells or upgrading basic actions that you already have. It really looks like it's going to be a, a lot of fun. It had a little bit of that Mansions of Madness vibe but without the the app. This is this is uh, this is cardboard uh very little plastic. This is Nemesis meets Destinies in a way in a Cthulhu universe. There's a lot of uh possibility here. It's going to hit Kickstarter in 2024, I believe, and then release in 25 all for the price tag. They say they're hoping to keep it under $100. So
0: yep i'll believe it when i well okay not that i dis like don't uh, believe that that can happen it's with the kickstarter aspect of this i'm guessing there's going to be a lot of extra stuff with it yeah. and i'm going to have to get all that right if i if i end up backing this which seems like something that i would back right i mean that's it seems amazing i i have read a few positive uh, I say reviews a few positive uh, comments that people made that got to play it at Gen Con as well. I, it looks cool. It looks cool, and you, the fact that you compare it to Mansions of Madness, even though um, you know they're not exactly the same game, it just right. seems like that would be something I would enjoy. Yep, yep. Different and enough fact, from Vagrant Song 2,
1: I'm guessing. Oh yes, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. The uh, much m- much grander scale, much. Uh, a lot more going on and so many more ways to die oh so perfect <laughs> okay li- good good <laughs> there's like one way to win you got to find the cultist um before before you get to constantinople um there's like eight ways to die it's fantastic
0: that's cool yep um, look forward to to uh say it again horror on the orient express the board game is what it says yep, yep. on it. it's called the cthulhu um uh, but 2025 release
1: of that one is what it's looking like yep. From Chaosium. Two two more quick ones. Uh, Santa's Workshop uh, Second Edition. We get to play this. We talked about this in the past. Um, so good that the worker placement game. The changes they made in the second edition versus the first edition, I think, were really good. That uh, they they changed how the reindeer work, and they they give you some really good bonuses. And the the way that they increase in cost, but also in uh, bonus production over the course of the game. Is really interesting. There's a whole Christmas tree element in the middle of the board that you can gain resources from, and they'll also give you Christmas cheer, which will give you points whenever Santa comes and does his, expect, his inspection every, every four days or three days, I guess. It's three days. Um, there's the preparation. You know, preparation tokens was always one of those things you had to have to get your toys done, and there's multiple ways now you can get preparation tokens, but you also can get rewarded. If you're some of the first ones to go and get your preparation token, then others that come in behind you can use your experience to get more preparation tokens, which you don't get, but you do get more points when they do that. And so that tension of timing of knowing when to go and get your tokens and when not makes the game really, um, really interesting and and shine there. I feel like there's just more open places that you can go. There's more timing and, and things to think about. Um, it really is the advanced version of the game is going to be, is going to be really good. And they also showed us the, the standard version of the game because this will be in a big box store eventually. It'll be in places like Target and other places right now. It's only on pre-order for, um, on the Elf Creek website, but if you pre-order it there, they, they make it sound like it's going to be a, a different edition than what will be in the, in the mass market store, the mass market stores, retail stores, they're going to have the standard and advanced versions of the game, but if you pre-order from Elf Creek, there's going to be some special, maybe promos and some other bits and pieces that will come along with that to make it worth your while to go ahead and get it this holiday season from Elf Creek. It won't be into uh, stores, I don't think, until next the next year. Yeah, and it
0: sounds, Sorry. I, I kind of wish they would promote that a little bit more <clears throat> on their website what you actually are going to get that's different because it's not very clear. Um, although I've seen it, maybe it, maybe I've only heard from you or maybe I've seen it posted somewhere else that there's going to be some more other, Oh, it was the, it was in uh, on board game geek. I think Keith had, had posted something mm. in there about there's some extras, but it's not very clear on the website. And if I understand correctly, um, you want to pre-order this soon, yeah, because like so. you said, it's not going to be in stores, but I only think it's going to be a smaller wave one kind of thing before if you want to get it before Christmas. Is that's the way I understand it.
1: Same that that's how I understand it as well. So so yeah, maybe whatever we can do to help promote this. This is such a good um game for families and also for enthusiast gamers because it's got the two different versions. Both look fun. And uh yeah, I would say Elf Creek Games, go to the website, pre-order if any of that sounds interesting to you. At yeah. all. And this is this is the
0: better version of the game no doubt. The second edition is better than the first. And and it's not even yeah, it's not yep. even close I don't think. I mean yep. and I love the first one, right? I I mm-hmm. really enjoy it, but the second version is so much better. The art is amazing. It's Andrew Bosley art and Jackie and Davis and Jackie Davis, right? Right? Yep. So it's all all really well done from what I'm seeing. I'm just I just want my hands on it. I nope. I wanted it this summer. I would have played Christmas in July.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And last game, this is one you were excited about. The Star Wars Unlimited. This is the, the big um, FFG collectible card game that they will be releasing. They were giving out promos to those that demoed. And so I, do, I did get me a cool um, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader leader card promo. That's going to be fun to play with eventually. But... I was not looking forward to this game. No, I'm sorry, I took that back. I was not thinking I would be interested in this game, but I played it and now I want it. Oh yeah. I gotta have it. Darren's going down the rabbit hole. (laughs) There's still so much they've not announced or telling us, but you know, you basically have a deck of cards like a lot of other collectible card games that you're playing from. You're going to have a small hand. You have a leader in this, whether that be Luke or Vader right now that have certain abilities. Um, you have a base that you're trying to attack. The game ends when someone uh, has 30 damage dealt to their base. And um, at the start of your turn, you can take one of your cards and turn them face down to let them be a resource that will help you pay for other cards in the future. And then one of the neat things is once you get uh, accumulate six resources over the course of the, f- those first few rounds, you can now, if you want to, flip your leader over and now they can go into play. And so Luke and Vader are pretty powerful to have in play. they're gonna do some some great things for you but the the card art is great the way the game interacts, and your ground units can attack ground units and your space units can attack space units, but both can attack the other person's base uh there's a few cool really thematic touches in there, and they still haven't shown all all the cards are gonna be in these first few decks or um but it it is exciting I think that's gonna be the next really big release whatever madness there was over over Rurkana, we can probably expect something similar to to star wars unlimited whenever it decides to to release i know i know you're excited you've watched some videos on this i know you're stoked to get it played i am whoops i somehow
0: muted my microphone um i am excited about this one in fact i i was talking to some students of mine that are into pokemon and one that's into magic the gathering too they're not you know, they're not board gamers or anything, but I was telling them, hey, there's a new Disney one coming out. And they were like, oh, that's cool. They weren't excited. But the Star Wars, and they were pumped. They were so excited. They were like, when's this come out? Where can I get it? And I was like, it's gonna be a year, all that. But I'm still more excited about Lorcana than I am. Unlimited, although hearing you talk about it, I'm I'm more excited and I like I like the art. There's lots of things that I'm I'm excited about for this one it's just we have to wait a long time.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep. I think the um after watching some of the gameplay playing one and watching some of the gameplay for Lorcana, maybe it's just recency bias, but I feel a little more like Star Wars Unlimited is going to be the better game for me. Again, not played Lorcana, haven't seen all that, but just watching the gameplay, I feel like uh Star Wars seems a little smoother right now. But we'll see, time will tell.
0: Yeah, I I do have my concerns about Lorcana watching the gameplay about some things that I don't excite me as much, but I don't know. I don't know but time will tell when I actually get this to the table, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I, I don't know if I'll be able to find it whenever it does release,
1: but if I yeah. do, I'm on it. Yeah. I'm going to pick it up as well. You should. Well, well I that's know that's good stuff. That is a lot of good stuff. There's, and this is, this is going to be a lot of good episode there's lots here. Um, but, you know, you got to have a big episode for for big cons, for big conversations and big games. And that's what we gave you, Resonance. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, a lot of lot of games that we talked about today. I know this episode was quite a bit longer than normal, but, you know, that's that's a lot of games. And, and I, I, some people like the rapid fire shooting a bunch of stuff at you. So that's what we did today. Now, if you would like to get in touch with us, we mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we would love for you to support us through uh, the podcast uh, Oh goodness gracious. Buy me a slash meepletown nine or patreon.com slash meepletown to support us in those different areas. You can also just write us a review like Darren said, or connect with us on dot uh, meepletowngames.com at meepletowngames on X. Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can also just reach out to us on the guild 3407 and our discord really is where a lot of the conversation has been happening lately. So I highly recommend connecting with us over there. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Town. Later. Okay, Darren, here are your options because Ready. they weren't options. I, I need you to rank these. All right. Okay. I want you to rank in order of ones that you would like to go to. Tennessee Ready. Game Days, UK Games Expo, Board Game Geek, uh, whatever it's called, whatever, what, what is that called? Board Game Geek Con? BGG yeah. Con? Yep.
1: And Comic Con. I don't know why it's the only <laughs> one I can think of. Um, so for me, right off the bat, I would say UK Games Expo, because as you mentioned the last time we talked about this, uh, it's in the UK. I love visiting the UK. That would be great. I've never been to that one, and then my number two would be Tennessee game days because I gotta see my peeps in Tennessee. You know. Yeah. What about you? How would you rank them?
0: Oh, that's it. I, I give you four options. You only pick
1: two. You're like, I don't oh, want to go to the oh, You mean to rank them all? Okay. So BGG then the third and- one. Third one would be would be BGG Con because um, Comic Con. I feel like there's just too much going on. I'd love to go back to San Diego. Is it? Is that where it normally is? I think that's the big one, but they have other
0: ones if I remember. Gotcha, right. gotcha. I should have well, changed that. Actually, let me change that one. Take out Comic Con and make it Come On Con. The Come On Games uh, Expo or whatever they call. It. I think it's Come On Games Expo is what it's called.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I'll keep it the same. I'll go to BGG. Okay. For, for number three.
0: Okay, I will say UK. Uh, I'm I'm going to put Tennessee Game Days last not because i don't wow. like it but obviously i love wow. it the only reason i'm putting it last is because i i want to experience new ones mm. even though i think it is you know potentially could be my favorite of these cuz i really really like tennessee game days they they yep i love it uh so i will say uk games expo bgg and come on games
1: gotcha expo, well
0: whatever it's called
1: well you heard it here first dean hates tennessee <laughs>